Hey guys, before we get started, a little bit of that follow us business, follow us on social media, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at LaunchpadPod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Subscribe to us on your favorite podcatcher and leave those reviews. The reviews really help. It lets us be seen on the podcatchers, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, you know, whatever you listen to us on, leave a review. Hopefully a good one because we are awesome. Today, we're doing a little what have you been watching? It's the new year. We love talking about the movies we've seen. We did that a little bit last week with our films of the decade list. That was a lot of fun. So today, laid back episode with a what have you been watching on the Launchpad podcast. Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. All right, welcome to Launchpad Podcast. I'm Aaron. Uh, Matt. Matt, are you okay? I'm not, man. I've been sick. I've had a cold, and we were supposed. You and I were supposed to have a hangout. We were supposed to record today. Then we were supposed to go get wings, which is like our version of a sexy date. Yeah. And I had to call you this morning because the medication that I'm on to kick the cold, the antibiotics, is making me puke. So, oh man, that's why I look and sound so great. So you might be wondering why I'm wearing like a bubble man suit that's inexplicably lit from the inside. You <laughs> might be wondering why your house is covered in plastic and sworn by dudes in similar little bubble suits. You're in quarantine, dude. I locked you down hard. I cannot have <laughs> your plague dog patient zero bullshit infecting the rest of the world. So you, I know we were going to talk about the movies we've been watching, but uh, switcheroo, dude, it's contagion time. You are locked the fuck down. We're going to talk about outbreak and contagion movies. I have a list of sicko virus movies. And you're going to tell me if you've seen them and what you think about them, okay? All right. Sounds good. And you might also notice <laughs> there's like a button that I have right in front of me. And if you like make me That's nervous. That's the purge get, button. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to hit this button and you'll be engulfed in flames, which again, I don't okay. know why somebody would invent that. <laughs> Why, I that's think a that, thing? that's fair. I okay. Think. All right. So also, if you escape, the government will firebomb the city, all of Los Angeles. They, they don't know where you live. So they're just going to like carpet bomb the fuck out of it. So pretty much like the end of Cloverfield style, like that kind of thing. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. That seems fair. Cloverfield's not a contagion movie though. That's a j- No, but at tri- the end, that's that they're going to do that because of that. Remember? Yeah. 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 No, they, 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 they want to. Actually, we could start right there. In all the Contagion movies, they never firebomb the city. Like, that's the thing they always stop from happening. Why can't we see one movie where they actually firebomb the city and our protagonist has to escape? That'd be fucking rad, right? (laughs) Because I'm in Contagion, I did not prepare for this, but there's got to be a movie where that happens, no? Where the... the, so you're saying where the protagonist escapes from the firebomb. Like the firebombs drop. The city Oh no, is doesn't that fire. happen doesn't that happen at uh twenty eight weeks later? Maybe, maybe it does. I think it does. Uh oh. Uh oh, I coughed. Uh oh. Oh shit, Rumi. Uh-oh. You're probably wondering why there's tape around your house and fucking saran wrap all over the I place. I thought it was construction. I thought they were doing stuff on the roof. Oh no. I, I don't remember because also I didn't look into zombie movies, period. Because zombie movies are like a cousin to contagion movies, but they don't count. They're completely different because they're zombie movies. Anytime the contagion Why? like turns you into a monster, now you're in a different realm. 
Oh, okay, according to you. According to me, for for the sake okay. of this, like here's what's okay, here's what's on fair. my list. I have uh, Outbreak and the movie Contagion. Have you seen Outbreak? I mean, I think that's like the paradigm at this. Can point. I tell you? And I don't know if I should be embarrassed to say this or not. I have not seen Outbreak. You haven't seen the Dustin Hoffman in a monkey movie? Never. I know exactly what movie it is. I know all the references, but I've never actually sat down and watched it. Have you seen any other Outbreak movie? Cloverfield and 28 Weeks Later, but you said they don't count. They don't count. Yeah, not not. Uh, no, I have. I have, and I'm now. I'm scrambling right now, but I'm. I know this up is why it's super fun to like put you on the spot with it. Have you ever seen the movie Contagion? This was like no, a 2011. I, I mean, I think Matt Damon's in it and some shit. No. Ba- basically, here's the thing: Outbreak and or the Andromeda Strain. That's a Michael Crichton book turned into yes, a movie. Yes. The problem with all Outbreak movies is they're kind of like Exorcist movies. They're all the fucking same. If you've seen one, you've seen them all. Somebody gets sick. Dudes in bubble suits show up. They're like, oh, no, we're going to find the cure. All the shit that goes down with trying to find the cure. Then they find the cure. A bunch of people die. The government's like, we're going to firebomb this shit if you don't get your shit together. And then at the last minute, they're like, we did it. Yay. And that's the end of the movie. That's basically every single Contagion movie you will ever see. Do you not like Do you not like that formula? Or no, is that what you expect to be? I mean, if you've seen Outbreak, you've seen them all. And they're good. It just depends on, like, do I like the actor who is trying to find the cure or whatever? Okay, that seems fair. So it's like in Outbreak, it's Dustin Hoffman. And he's like, "Uh oh, somebody brought a monkey into the country and everybody's going to die. You know, it's good. It's the same thing. Like, have you ever seen there's there's like a weird subgenre of like the newspaper movie? Yeah. (laughs) Every single newspaper movie, if you've seen one, you've seen them all. They go, "Uh oh, we found out something crazy. Should we write an article about it? No, we shouldn't. Yes, we should. If we do, we're going to get in trouble. If we don't, we're pieces of shit. Okay, we're going to do it. Guess what? Spoiler alert. At the end of the day, the newspaper comes out. You wrote the article. Everybody goes, yay. It's always the same. The same beats. Doesn't make it a bad movie, but it's just like if you're into that flavor, you have to bring you have to bring the best actors possible because you're making the same movie over and over again. Do you um are you okay with the virus slash outbreak type of movie or or the or the the um the formula for that is that okay with you or totally. is that get old for you? Totally, but I said like I said I would like to see one where they do drop the bomb and then people have to escape or like you know I think I think we could go bigger with it. The movie Contagion came out in 2011. This one I saw was like the most depressing version of this because like like three million people die in it. It's like worldwide. That's too much. You just want one villa, one one town to be blown up. That's all you want. No, no. I mean, I was fine with it. I was like, damn. But it was like almost too real. You're like, this is how we go. This this is definitely how it happens. If if humanity gets wiped out, Contagion's the movie that did it right. No monkeys either, which is kind of a, a knock for me. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you might you as like well have monkeys. A, yeah, might as well have a fucking monkey, right? I mean, I want one monkey and one one village destroyed. Destroyed, firebomb. You could be a city too. I don't care. I mean, village. Andromeda Strain was like almost too small. They're like in a tiny town, and they're like, oh, oh, what the fuck? Bubble suits and tape. Let's go, guys. I'm getting my feet under me here. I have a couple that I'm interested in now. Uh, all right, I'm gonna lay down one that I know you can talk about. How about the crazies? What do you think about that's a good contagion movie? Not it zombies. Is, I, have you seen both of them? The the remake and I the original? I have. And I actually I wanted to talk about that. Let's talk about the original first. The original is a George okay. Romero movie. That's right. And it's it's really low budget. And it's pretty lay down simple. The, lay down the plot of what it is. Basically, I mean, it's basically following the people in a town. People start getting sick, and when they get sick, they start laughing like real creepily. They're like, <laughs> Just like that. And then um, dudes in like, like that. white suits and gas masks start showing up and like quarantining people. 
And some people are like, wait, this is like fascism. You can't, you can't keep me here. You can't do this to me. It's going to kill us all. If you put us in the same room, we're just going to keep getting sick. And it starts turning into like people trying to escape the quarantine. Right. I don't really remember the end. I don't remember if they get, I, I think like the hero gets killed, right? Honestly, I don't remember either. Yeah, I don't remember. But I do know that it is, it's pretty good for what it is, but it's super low budget. And I think when we watched it, I was like, I really respect that for what it did. It did it well, but it's pretty dated. That was my my general takeaway. Yeah, I agree. And I think that's fun. This, I'm trying to think. I remember seeing the reboot in theaters. Yeah. I, I must have seen the original in college because I definitely saw that one first. And there's a couple differences, but in general, it's the same picture. We but saw, they're both... Like, we saw Crazies together good. in theater, the new one. Did we? I'm pretty sure we... we. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty sure we were I just... I thought I saw it with my friend Ray. Did you see it with Ray? Maybe. I We had just started rooming together. I had just moved to LA with you. Oh, okay. I trust you. Because um, I seem to remember seeing it with you and being like, that's fucking cool. But as a remake, I had not seen the original first. Um. I saw the remake first and I thought as far like once I had the comparison, yeah, the Crazies remake is one of the best to me best horror remakes you could ask for because it yeah. basically just took what you liked and just ramped it up to 12. Yeah, and I would say a lot of times when a when a when a reboot or a redo tries to do something like that, yeah. it either fails or it over succeeds by kind of pandering and this movie doesn't do it. It takes this is one of, I think, the few examples of a movie that, a, a contemporary movie that takes something that was made previously and says, okay, how could this actually be better? Yeah. And they, like you said, amp up a couple of the things that needed to be hit harder, probably technology, better technology, 20, 30 years later lends to that. But they also, you know, you make it more contemporary of a story. And I guess in that movie, I think the original was a little bit more of a slow burn, suspenseful scare, whereas the new one had a lot more jumping out kind of contemporary scares. But it was before horror took that turn into too many jump scares, too much bullshit. So I think that one, that one's definitely, that's one of the few, if we did an episode, and we should, about good remakes or good reboots, that is one that would be on my list. Not necessarily award-winning, but like worth the watch, especially if you've seen the original. And I think it's like another movie that's on here that I have on here, The Blob. Ah, interesting. As far as a remake goes, that's the one I would go see. If somebody's like, <laughs> pick one to watch. Oh, God, you're spreading it, Rumi. Pick one that you want to watch. <laughs> I would probably go with the remake because it's it's it generally has some moments that are really fucking scary. There's a scene where um, our protagonist, uh, I think it's Timothy Oliphant, is, it is. He's in a hospital and he's hiding under a hospital bed and this dude comes in with a pitchfork and starts stabbing mm-hmm. through the hospital beds, killing all the people in the beds. And it's scary as hell. Yeah. And it's a really, really good craft attention. I know I said no zombie movies and people might argue with me about what this virus is, but this is definitely a non-zombie zombie movie. I mean, yes, ostensibly they're fast maniacs, but it is not a zombie movie. Very, very clear about that. The way this movie kicks off is pretty great. The audience yes. knows that people are getting sick. The characters in the movie do not know yet. And Timothy Oliphant is at like his kid's baseball game. And this yeah, like, like a t-ball game, right? Yeah. And like the, I don't know if it's like the school janitor, but somebody that everybody knows shows up and he's got a shotgun and he's acting all crazy. And Timothy Oliphant in front of everybody is like, don't do it, dude. Dude, don't do it. Like, dude, just put the gun down. Don't act crazy. Like, stop it. And then like, has to blow him away in front of like the entire town. Yeah. It's it's 
it's a good good opening. That really is a fun movie. I've watched it within the last two years or so, maybe three years. I found it. I was on, uh, I don't know, Showtime or HBO or whatever. And I was like, oh, this is actually a fun movie if I remember it. And on second viewing and third viewing, it still was fun. So if you guys haven't seen that one yet, check it out. Crazies is definitely worth it. So then The Blob, since I mentioned it, this isn't really a quarantine movie, but it has those classic, you know, dudes in shoot, suits show up and be like, hey guys, we're, we're in quarantine. You guys might be sick, but that they dispatch that quickly. That's kind of the, the ultimate ramp up to the movie. That's where it culminates the big climaxes. The town's being locked down. It's the government's rolling in and they're trying to quarantine everybody. And then the blob starts fucking shit up again. Not a zombie thing, but uh, a cool quarantine scene. And I do like the suits in that movie because that their, their interior lighting is like, woo, pretty spot on. <laughs> Can you think of any movie with a quarantine element with those guys in suits where the guys in suits are not antagonists like the guys in suits are actually there to help and they are a protective force instead of a imprisonment force you know what i mean this is the yeah here's the complete difference between a movie like outbreak or contagion where i think those movies people are wearing the suits as like a as a safety measure whereas in a horror movie you see those suits and it's bad news like it's it's borderline fascism the second you see those suits show up and they're like pushing old ladies around and knocking down the priest and being like, get in the, get in this place, get in the gym. We're going to lock you in here. Like a horror movie uses that immediately as a signal, as a telltale sign that you're in some bad situation. Whereas I think the movies that are specifically about the medical incident, the suits are just the safety measure. And like Dustin Hoffman's a good guy. He's not shoving any grandmas around. <laughs> that's your go. That's your measure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, are you wearing a suit? Are you shoving grandmas? Then you're probably a bad guy. If you're not shoving grandmas, you're probably there to help. So I think every town should just know which grandma is volunteering to be the the litmus test. Okay. Okay. <coughs> oh, you got it now. Oh, you got it. Like uh, I send it to you through the microphone cables. Gotta hit the yeah. Gotta hit the fire button. Burn me down. Here's a movie that I <laughs> love. It's really ridiculous so ridiculous it's called doomsday by neil marshall oh of course doomsday is great doomsday's great it's so it's fucking ridiculous it's hard to even describe it so ridiculous but it is a contagion thing basically they're like this big contagion shows up basically kills scotland like everybody in scotland's dead they wall off scotland and and let it die they're basically like peace out fuckers bye we didn't like your food anyway take that scotland so then Years later, suddenly the government's like, we have signs of movement inside of the quarantine zone. We're going to send in a doctor and a team of people to find out what's going on, which right off the bat, you're like, um, cannibals, duh. <laughs> Turns out cannibals, duh. So they show up, <laughs> they get in there and like everything's dead, like no, nothing's moving. And suddenly they get kidnapped by like Mad Max motherfuckers. And it's, it's cannibal time. They're like lighting them on fire. They're tying them to the front of motorcycles and shit. And it, yeah, it turns into Mad Max contained in a, in a virus movie, right? Yes. Yeah. It's Mad Max inside a virus movie. So then they escape and they go out to like the Scottish Highlands and they're hiding in a fucking old time castle that's been taken over by people who also survived who are not cannibals, but like they've gone back to medieval night times by stealing the equipment and the armor and the bullshit. So they're like in a castle, but on the wall, it's like this way to the gift shop. This is one of those movies that like when we watch a movie like it, and we've watched this one at Shitty Movie Sunday, but but when you watch a movie like this at Shitty Movie Sunday, 
we we inevitably make the joke about this movie feels like the short ends of a bunch of other movies just thrown together. Oh yeah. This one is like that, but in the best possible way. Exactly. Like, it literally feels like Mad Max suddenly meets... <laughs> oh, my God, he's dying, guys. You should see... Like, blood is pouring out of his ears. <laughs> his headphones are saturated with blood. It, it's like Mad Max meets Army of Darkness and, like, Kid in King Arthur's court. And, like, suddenly the knights are fighting. Everybody's getting pissed at the, the scientists. And so they're being chased by people on horseback. They're being chased by Mad Max cars. She goes down down into like this secret bunker and like steals this like bitchin. I'm not a car guy, so let's say McLaren. That's a fancy bitchin car. She steals <laughs> a fancy bitchin like James Bond car and is driving it, trying to drive it out of the quarantine zone. And she's being chased by guys on horseback in armor and Mad Max dudes. It's fun yeah. as hell. It's definitely like you guys have heard us talk about Shitty Movie Sunday, where we put on a bad movie and make fun of it with friends and stuff. Yeah, I would do that every day like that's my jam and i know that's not everyone's jam i would say though that this movie is a great movie no matter what type of movie you like to watch you order a pizza with some friends and put this movie on you guys are going to have a good time yeah you know it's it's that kind of film and i think what's great about it and this is very very hard to do to make a shitty movie that's actually really good like this movie is not shitty it's almost too good for shitty movie sunday but it's so bonkers that it lends itself perfectly to like commentary track you know who made it right the guy who did the descent yeah neil marshall the descent right the descent and uh dog soldiers yeah. right apparently he yeah. went crazy and sucks now but he did the new he did the new hellboy movie did you see that not a quarantine movie. no but i have that literally in my tv stand as like something to watch soon i just i didn't hear anything good about it so it's not oh well you know, the first one i have here's the first person to tell you something good about it i saw it on a plane and on a plane, it is a great plane movie. Hmm. Great plane movie. Now, are you saying I should wait till I go on a plane? Or are you saying I should convert my living room into a plane set? And I think you should find the smallest TV possible <laughs> and watch it. Because, like, hear me out. When you're on a plane and you watch a movie and it doesn't complete, like, it keeps your attention for two hours and, and you don't turn it off, that's a fine movie. Like, like, when I watch a movie on a plane, I'm expected to hold my attention for two hours, four hours, whatever it is. Just just yeah. hold my attention, keep me entertained. And that was a movie that I was completely entertained, was like, damn, this is better than I hoped it to be. Yes, there's a lot of things that sucked about it. If I had paid money, I'd have a lot more to say about it. But I see. Here, okay. here I am, free movie, big chunk of the plane flight, taken care of, entertained, cool monsters, some really gory bits, a lot of stupid shit. Watch it, we'll do a Hellboy episode. How about that? All right. That sounds like a plan. Are you a Hellboy fan, just in general? Are you like thumbs up on the Hellboy um, idea? Oh, I love the idea. I know the comics. I wouldn't even say I know them pretty well, but I've read... A handful. Uh, you know, a I would say a good handful. I have at least five of the library editions open and read. So nice. that's got to be contextually or chronologically, that's got to be at least 25, 30 something issues, 40 something issues of comics in a row. And I've read a couple specials. I love the art. I love the concept of it. I'm not as knowledgeable about him as I am about, you know, some of the superheroes and shit that I know better. Yeah. But it is, it is, it's so friggin' cool. And the, the concept and the art are beautiful. The first movie was fucking perfect for yeah. what it, you know, for what it was. The second movie was dumb as shit, but you got to love it for trying to accomplish what it did and also doing you know, everything practical. That was so freaking cool. Having a lot Which of I think really all that cool stuff kind of goes against this movie. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, 
I can never be mad at Guillermo del Toro. I have some some gripes about how he. Oh, I can be mad at him. I just watch scary movies. Oh, whatever. Scary movies or scary stories telling the dark. That was terrible. Yeah, well, he didn't make that movie. That was some other guy and he slapped his name on it. Yeah, but you don't slap your name on a little turd. <laughs> uh, ask Quentin Tarantino that and come back to me. <laughs> so I have one more movie. God damn. Oh, dude. Oh, one of his eyes popped out on that one. Ew. <sighs> Ew, Rumi. Uh, God, I hope some guy with a pitchfork comes in and puts you out of your misery. Just saying. You know that I'm the hero of my story, though, right? So no matter what happens, I will escape. No, Rumi. Even if you blow I up am. my town. That's why my hand's on this button. You're patient zero. I'm the hero. You try it. You see what happens. <laughs> All I have to do is escape, and it's pretty easy when I'm talking to you over Skype. I just walk out the door, and I'm like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll have to dodge some firebombs because, uh, you know, they're going to do it. But uh, <laughs> you're fucked. <laughs> uh. Here's the last movie on my contagion list. I'm sure there's a ton of them. Like, Blue, like I said, there's th- this is a very popular genre, but in more recent years, it always causes a zombie thing, which again doesn't not make it a contagion movie, but it makes it a zombie movie specifically. But here's the last one on the list that's not a zombie movie, has a lot of contagion shit. I am legend. Oh, interesting. I was I thought of that, but it, it does get kind of zombie-ish. Gets a little zombie-ish. It sure does. Definitely not gonna lie. Like Again, like the the purest form of this genre, you have to have bubble suits. If you don't have bubble suits, like E.T. is closer to a contagion movie. Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. I agree with that. Then I Am Legend. But I Am Legend, the planet's empty because of a virus. Uh, I, 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 I'm on board. I could see that. Now, Rumi, I mean, we've never really talked about this, but we worked on this movie, the Will Smith movie. We worked on we it. We did. You, you we were, were both in, in the shop. With Will Smith eating yeah. chicken nuggets. <laughs> we were you and I were in the same special effects shop at the same time making some stuff leading up to shooting then for a good chunk of the shooting I was in New York City while you were still in the shop working at the shop and I remember you'd like make stuff and then send it to me like you you part of what you did in the shop you'd send me boxes of shit right fucking dog dog bodies and makeups and shit like that yeah this was a crazy thing cuz this is like one of the first big jobs I ever got to work on in Hollywood and we were working. It was a huge shop. We had expanded into a bigger space. And then like, I don't know, a couple months in, the owner of the shop called everybody into the room and was like, hey, they're going digital. You all lost your jobs. And like a hundred people lost their job that day. Yeah. That was a fucked show. That was so gnarly. Components of that. Yeah. And were you in New York when that happened? Yeah. Because I, I was in New York for like three months or so. And I was there after the shop that got those makeups, the creature makeups. I was there because for somehow our shop lost the bid to do the creatures, but we did their teeth. So all those creatures that now are completely CG in the movie, they shot for a couple weeks. They shot practical elements of guys in costumes and they would go get <clears throat> in a full body suit. Then they would come to me, each of them, I think it was 40 different people would come and I would put their dentures in. So there was like people getting their dentures by me and then their whole body suits by someone else. Like normally that's, you don't break it apart like that. You keep everybody together or keep, keep a whole makeup together. But it was super weird. It turned out like, a, you know, it, it all went CGI, which was a terrible idea. What a mess. It was really a bummer. I got to stay on because I was the lowest guy on the totem pole. And they're like, well, you get to keep your job because somebody's got to clean up this mess and pack up the entire new building that we had moved into. So I got to stick around, pack up shit. You know, yeah, there were some things like, you know, the teeth and the dogs. I got to spray a dog booty hole. That turned into a thing between you and I, right? Yeah. Painting dog buttholes. 
<laughs> there was this like fake dog that they were painting and airbrushing. And I was like, I want to learn how to airbrush. And they're like, sure, come over here. And they were showing me how to do it. And I got to literally like take the airbrush and like just dust this fake dog props asshole, which was hysterical. Yeah, you- but I told Matt about it and it was like, psst, psst. <laughs> it became this thing. And, and I was going to say, anytime we see a dog butthole, but it happens more than you think. We saw one at Comic-Con, but anytime we see a dog butthole, we pretend to paint it. Psst. If you watch the behind the scenes and the uh, and the special features of I Am Legend, there's a deleted scene of a dog butthole. Didn't make the final cut. <laughs> so one of the things on that movie that I had to do, they were like, they were like, uh, Aaron, we have to figure out how to make horse blood and dog blood that the, the the dog won't lick. And so they're trying to come up with a good like concoction so that the dog wasn't like, ooh, because normally blood's made of like syrups and sugars, right? And like and like carol syrup or something that's usually very sweet and sticky. And dogs are like, yummy. I don't, you know, they don't they don't care that you put it on them, but they want to eat that shit. So they needed something that the dog wouldn't give a shit about. And what they came up with was basically KY jelly mixed with like a red coloring that wasn't like a sugary pigment. So then when they found that out, they found this out like last minute, like this needed to go out the door yesterday. They were like, Aaron, go into Studio City and buy as much KY jelly, like all of it. <laughs> Normally, they're like, we would we would order like gallons of it, but we don't have time to order it. You have to go to every fucking drugstore you can find and buy all of their KY jelly. And I kid you not, I had to spend all afternoon in the porn capital of the world buying KY jelly. And I was young enough that I was embarrassed by it. And like every time I was like trying to explain it to the guy at the checkout counter, I'd be like, this is for a movie. And he's like, yeah, I know it's for a movie. And you're like, no, but uh, uh, damn it. And he's like, fuck it. You just have to do it. <laughs> just bought, literally, I went into maybe seven or eight different drugstores, pharmacies, and like scooped up every bit of KY jelly I possibly yeah, could. KY jelly and things like that are actually a big thing for movies and horror and special effects we use it all the time so the amount of stories we have like this are ridiculous and then yeah <laughs> i remember one time i had to buy a bunch of condoms once i had to buy i had to buy probably like 20 boxes of condoms at the dollar store and there were two registers and one had a really cute girl and one had an old lady and i was already i was in the cute girl's line and then the old lady's line got short she's like i'll take you over here and i was like because uh, I was going to like make some you know cute comment and flirt with the girl at the hot register. And the uh, <laughs> the old lady was like ringing, ringing, ringing. And she's like, you're going to have a fun night, huh? And I was like, oh, nice job, grandma. Way to make us both uncomfortable. <laughs> you made the joke before I did. Super fun. <laughs> yeah, I Am Legend was quite the experience. You had a fun time on set, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it was amazing. I think I was like 24 or 25. I was in charge of a department. It was... Not necessarily a lot of work. It was putting out a lot of fires. Yeah. But it was like fun as shit. Work, I mean, I was working with Will Smith, doing fittings and stuff with Will Smith. One of my best stories ever. I was in a last minute eating contest where he cheered me on and gave me a fist bump and actually declared me the winner. It was pretty It was pretty cool. It was like a surreal experience. And I was in New York for like three months didn't I, and I was getting paid what, to live there and do what shit. What were you so eating? Cool. What was the contest? What were you eating? Chicken McNuggets. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> were you going against Will Smith or were you eating No, no, he was just cheering nuggets. me on. He was cheering me on. This could be a Patreon He was your sponsor. <laughs> yeah, he was my sponsor. <laughs> they stopped production and Will Smith and a producer put money on the table for this eating contest and it was who could eat a certain number of nuggets. How much money? S- I want to say it was $700 total. 
seven hundred dollars. Yeah, that's a lot of money for a chicken McNugget party. Not only that, but they stopped production. Like they said, cut and put everything down, and everybody walked over to watch this. And you won. Okay, so <laughs> this had been something that they were talking about for like the entire day, and they said, "Today's the day. Today we're doing it. Today, today, today." So I was like, wait, what happened? They said, well, a couple weeks ago, before I got to set, a couple weeks ago, they had a a Chicken McNugget eating contest between two PAs, and the winner made a couple hundred dollars. This time, Will Smith, if I'm not mistaken, I want to say like Will Smith put 500 on the table and a producer put 200. I think those were the numbers, 500 and 200, but I think it was like about $700, but it was like, it was a lot of money. And they were looking for volunteers to do this eating contest. And you know that I always think I'm good at everything and say that I'm going to win at everything. I've won eating contests with friends at least and stuff before. And that's something that I know I can do. So I was like, oh, I should fucking do this. I would win. But then I was like, no, like I'm here. It was probably like my third or fourth maybe week on set. So I was still kind of new and I wanted to be professional. This was my first job that I was like on a big set running something and everything. So I was like trying to be good. Wrong, Rumi. You should have gone by prison rules, showed up and eat some chicken McNuggets and show them who's boss. Be like, I ain't here to play. I'm here to eat nugs. (laughs) Touch the nugs. You get the slugs. I am here for this. That would have shown them that you were a boss. They knew I was a boss because when I first showed up, I was like, everyone listen to me. I'm a boss. (laughs) (laughs) So they're talking the day of this contest. They're like, okay, it's the first one to eat 100 chicken nuggets. And to myself, I'm like, I could do that. I could eat 100 chicken nuggets. I'm pretty sure of it. But then I was like, no, no, I got to be professional. Don't get involved with stupid bullshit. I had work to do that day. So I was like, like we were we were filming a scene with some puppets. I was working with a guy who was not only kind of difficult, but he actually tried to sabotage me at one point. So like it was like a real like I was doing shit. This is a common problem from that era of. Yeah, especially on that show with this one guy. But anyway, yeah, it was um, later in the day. I heard the producer's assistant had gone to McDonald's to get the chicken nuggets. And then I heard it was 60 nuggets, the first one to reach 60 nuggets. And I was like, oh, I know I can eat fucking 60 nuggets. I've probably eaten 60 nuggets before. And then I realized that they were literally going to shut down production while this contest happened. And the director of this movie who went on to direct the Hunger Games and shit was terrible. Nobody could stand him, at least in our crew. He didn't know what he wanted. He didn't know how to express what he wanted. He only knew how to tell you after the fact that he didn't like something. It was really, really hard. The shoot was way behind. You, We literally would show up on set, no joke, this really happened with a $10,000 puppet. And he was like, oh, what's that for? Like, what do you mean, what's that for? It's for this scene where this happens. He's like, oh, hopefully we'll get to it today. It's on the fucking call sheet, man. You called us here. Like, what? It was just like that the whole time. Yeah. So... This is happening, and then I get like uppity, and I'm like, wait a minute. We're shutting down this stupid movie that's way behind and everything to do a eating contest? I was like, no, I'm not going to take part in that. I'm not even going to go over and watch. So I was doing my work and everything. They stopped the set. They This production assistant wheels in a cart that is stacked two feet tall. I was like the cart itself, off two feet tall of Chicken McNugget boxes with sauces lined up around it. She wheels that in and everybody circles the cart. So I'm on set with a couple other people, including the first. And the first was this super cool guy. I think his name was JP. The contest starts and people are cheering. It's like a fight in high school. So I look, <clears throat> me and a couple people are on set, including JP, the, the first. And I, I look at him and I jokingly was like, JP, if I was over there, contest would be over by now. He's like, go over. There's still time. 
And I was like, no, 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 I'm, I'm here to do work. I want to make a movie. I'm not eating chicken McNuggets. He goes, it'll be quick. It's the first one of 30 nuggets. And I was like, wait a minute. It's the first one of 30 nuggets. He said, yeah, they just changed it. So I walked over, I pushed my, like this, this is literally what happened. I know it sounds like an exaggeration. This is not, this is exactly what happened. I pushed my way through the crowd so that I was standing at the cart. And I said, wait, it's the first one of 30 nuggets. And someone behind me goes, yeah. And I turned around and it was Will Smith. I had a hat on like a ball cap. I turned it backwards. And when I turned it backwards, the crowd screamed, yeah. So I started eating chicken McNuggets. When I started, one guy was at 12 and one guy was at 15. So the contest was already halfway over. I was ripping chicken nuggets in half and swallowing them whole. And no joke, it felt like they were kind of stacking up in my stomach. And as I felt them stacking up, I would take a swig of water and it honestly felt like the stack got knocked over and I could keep going. When the guy who won the contest got 30, I was at 28 and a half. So had I gone over there like literally 15 seconds earlier, I would have won the contest. So for my stupid laurels, I lost $700. Don't pretend that those are morals, Rumi. That's you being an uppity. I'm mad that they're having fun and I want to work. (laughs) Well, when the contest was over, before Will Smith gave that guy his money, he literally tapped me on the shoulder. And when I turned around, he had his fist out like for a fist bump. And we fist bumped each other. And he said, dude, you are the real winner of this contest. So like I laughed about it and I told that story like a thousand times. And then next week, he remembered the next like that was before he and I had worked together personally. But then the next yeah. week I had to do something with, actually I was showing something to the director and he passed it to the, like a, you do like a dog and pony. He showed it to the producer and the producer showed it to Will Smith. They were all standing there and it was a, a fake dead rat. And the director pretend, like the director showed it to the producer. The producer made it like dance. Will Smith, he French kissed it, but he really French kissed it like with his tongue touching the rat. And I said, that's yeah. gross. Do you think you're the first person today who did that? So he started laughing. And I knew the producer and the director already, but I hadn't introduced myself to Will Smith. So I was like, hey, we haven't met before. My name is Matt. And I put my hand out. He goes, yeah, we have on Nugget Day. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. That's a great story, Rumi. I mean, it's cool, but it would be cooler if I'd won the money. Nah, that's not how life works. No, it's not. Never how life works. You are definitely the true MVP of Nugget Day. That's amazing. (laughs) Got a fist bump. But it's just the fact that you went in there and almost won after like showing up late to the party. That's awesome. Well, and dude, it really like the best part was not even the him part, but the part where I turned my hat backwards and everybody screamed. Yeah. It was ridiculous. I did not expect that. That's fucking cool. It probably cool. did look pretty baller. <clears throat> I, I can see it where you're like 30 nuggets. Bump, 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 And that's like you turning your hat backwards and like just Will Smith's face going, damn. Yeah, that sounds awesome, dude. I was really hoping it would be on the DVD somewhere. It was not. Oh, no, because they never put the good stuff on the behind the scenes, especially anymore. Fuck. But the butthole, the butthole scene is in there. <laughs> it is. <laughs> so i've been playing a bunch of video games over the break because it was the hiatus and i was sick and i've been playing the game hitman are you aware of this game you know it's it exists i do actually yeah i actually i have one of them for playstation 2 i think nice well this is the newer versions they were not any more creative with the names they just called it hitman and hitman 2 i'm like didn't you already do that and they're like yeah but those nobody remembers that shit So I'm playing Hitman, just the regular Hitman for the new consoles. There's a mission where you're trying to stop this contagion outbreak, weaponized virus, 
and the final mission takes place in this like elite Japanese hospital where they have patient zero and he's the guy who engineered this biological weapon and they're experimenting on him and they're supposed to be destroying it, but we secretly know that they're going to take the weapon and, and keep it for themselves. So you, you have to go in and do what hitmans do and shoot those people. Boop, 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 boop. But there's secret like achievements that you can get and you have to try and figure out how to get them. They don't tell you. There's no instructions. You have to figure it out. And one of them is called, you know, the number. And anybody who's a fan of the Hitman series knows that his name, his, his, his name, Agent 47. Or 47. Yeah. Ah, see, I know that. So, you know, the number I was like, okay, this has to do with something with 47 and it took forever to figure out, but it turns out you had to go into the contagion place, not put on a suit, get sick and then run around the hospital getting 47 people sick and then kill them all. <laughs> And let me tell you, at first I was like, yeah, ba-boom, massacre time. But like, it got to a certain point where I was like, this is kind of fucked up. Like, it's gnarly. But they had the plague, <laughs> so I mean, I couldn't let it leave. Pretty creepy, really pretty. Like, that shit got deep right there. <laughs> I mean, that was a fun contagion thing. And it's kind of what, what was making me think about when you got sick. I was like, oh man, I'm going to have to go and <laughs> put a hitman on him. I pulled a couple. You want to hear a couple? Yeah. The first one you may throw out for zombies, but I, I would argue it if I had the energy. But 2008's Quarantine, starring Dexter's sister. Great movie. Yes. Really, really good movie. You really like it? I really like it. That's a great Most one. Most people um, hate it. What? Yeah. Why? That, that is, I don't think that is a no. movie that has a good, uh, a good reputation. Do people hate it because of her? Because I know a lot of people give her... As an actress, I think backlash. it's because of her, and also because it's that first-person, you know, shaky cam found footage thing, which I think that genre gets a lot of shit. You know, yes, that genre gets a lot of shit. I think also it suffers from the fact that it's like, oh, you're a remake of a Spanish film that is better, and I could argue whether the original is better or not. It's it's a very clever movie, and I think Quarantine is a really good version of the first-person shaky cam because specifically because when they have to deal with camera issues they cut out of the first person camera like they'll show him okay i got to change a battery or like you know they they don't they're not always in the first person view every single yeah. minute of the movie they do a really good job it's a lot of fun the ending's kind of cool yeah i don't actually i like her in it a lot She's i great. like some of the uh the other actors and some of the the performances in it it's good it's it's a fun movie but i think it's great if you haven't seen it the 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 idea behind it is she goes to a fire station to like for a ride along. She's a journalist and she brings like a, a cameraman. They go to some building to check out a call. And while they're in the building, someone's sick and weird and an outside force quarantines the entire building while they're inside. So they're trying to get out, but also trying to figure out why the building's been quarantined. It's not, you know, you're not going to write home about it, but it, I think it's worth the watch. It's a fun, fun movie. And it's a remake of the movie R.E.C. Oh, I didn't realize that that was the one it was remaking. Yeah, hmm. right? You want to know what my first Contagion movie... Well, this is before you started saying Contagion, but when I when I heard you introduce this episode and I, I realized it was going to be a pandemic virus sickness thing, yeah. the first one I thought was Shivers from David Cronenberg. Did you ever see that? No, I haven't. Dude. It's from 1975. Okay. It was. It is also known as the Parasite Murders, and also known they came from within. But you know what the shooting title was? What Orgy of the Blood Parasites? Uh, and it essentially turns you. It's essentially the crazies, but instead of wanting to kill people, you just want to have crazy sex. So 
it's this apartment building. I think it's a worm. I forget if the worm is like interstellar, like if it comes from from beyond. But this worm gets into you, and then you just have you have to have sex to pass the worm or pass the virus on. So all these people in an apartment are like having ravenous sex with each other to perpetuate this thing. How have I not seen this movie? It's fucking. It's weird. I, I mean, it's weird. David Cronenberg, duh. But I mean, wow. It's crazy. Yeah. It. It's. It's almost like it follows, but it's almost like a B movie. It follows. Shit. I might need to see this. It's worth watching. It's his first feature. I'm always very hesitant with Cronenberg because it's like, yeah, I get it. Like, I always have a moment in Cronenberg where I'm like, I get it. You're weird. Stop. Stop. I get it. It's not as Cronenberg as Cronenberg can be. Yeah. (laughs) Cronenberg Morty. Yeah. Yeah. It's not as Cronenberg as, you know, existence or um, the fly even. Although I feel like the fly is pretty palpable. It's like the if you look the fly at IMDb, is my favorite of his, yeah. But like Videodrome, like yeah, those are those aren't as accessible as the fly is. This yeah. is more. This is the residents of a suburban high rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn into turn them into mindless sex crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. It's again, it's it's a movie worth watching with a piece of <clears throat> with a pizza and some friends. Nice. All right. What, you have any more? I have one more, and I would say this is maybe the best movie on the list that we've just cultivated. Okay. Terry Gilliam's 12 Monkeys. Fuck, you're right. That's a great one. And I forgot about that because to me, that's a time travel movie. But uh, yeah, that is time travel for the sake. And if this is a this is actually the movie that made me fall in love with Brad Pitt for his acting, not just his face. I was in love (laughs) with his face probably already. No, it's so good. So it's like. The movie supposes that in the mid '90s, uh, 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 a virus wipes out almost all of humanity, and the remaining humans have to live literally underground. Yeah. In the future, in 2035, those people have far from perfected time travel, but they yeah. are getting into it. So it's kind of like like a couple times they have mishaps where they try to send Bruce Willis back, and he goes to the wrong year or the wrong decade, even. Because in 2035, they don't know where the virus started. And they're trying to figure out if they could figure out where it started, they could try to save it. So Bruce Willis is one of the subjects that they send back in time to try to well, stop the They're testing the it on prisoners. Right, right, right. It's so good. Yeah. There's a mystery. They know. And the whole thing is a terrorist cell, a group called the 12 Monkeys, is supposed to have you know, gotten this virus and released it at a certain time in a certain place. They're trying to figure out the details. So Bruce Willis goes back and starts to try to unravel this mystery. And he goes back multiple times in different time frames to try to do that. It's really good. And again, talk about accessibility. This is one of those things a lot of people love Terry Gilliam, but Terry Gilliam's films are really not for everybody. This is one that like even Amanda, my wife, thought was good and liked. It's really, really well done, really well thought out, well shot, well acted. So that's probably my pick for... uh, contamination pandemic movies i i fucking love this movie this is one of my one of my favorites um for sure favorite bruce willis great brad pitt brad pitt plays a crazy dude it's super fun and a really cool twist did you ever see the tv show i didn't i was going to ask you if you had i have Mm, not great yeah worth watching or no no i wouldn't say it's not worth watching but here's the biggest problem basically while you're watching the tv show you're like you could cut this down into like a movie and it would be better and then you're like, oh, but they made the movie. I see. You just overdrew it out. And in overdrawing it out, there's certain beats that they are like forcing. 
so that two characters meet up or like the significance of something has more impact, but you're like, wow, that's really forced. And it's also just slightly too low budget. So like when he's in the future, like you're like, you you look like you're just at a zoo set and you're, you know, the, the Terry Gilliam one has an aesthetic that's so quintessentially him and it's really cool. And yeah. the TV show did not follow that aesthetic at all. I see. Right that off the bat, sense. you're like, meh. So it's like, if you get past that stuff, maybe it's better, or maybe it's good. But I just was like, man, this is really contrived at certain points. So I kind of was over it. And I just watched the movie again. So if I'm stuck in this contagion place longer, maybe I'll just watch that. I think you probably should. It's fucking great. Well, unless you push that button and nuke my town. I was going to say, I've almost accidentally hit this button like four or five times. Like it's just like, <laughs> I almost set my coffee down on it. Like, oh shit, that would have been bad. Uh, nuke roomy. Yeah, you might, no offense, but you might not be the best person to have a nuke button on your desk. Like, I feel like it at least should be under glass or like, like higher than the average, you know, arm. You know yeah. what I mean? So you really have to reach for that. Oh man, like I turn around, just butt bump that thing and... Yeah, yeah like it should be in a, a bumpable place. And also it's like, don't you think you shouldn't have like a kill switch button when you're in like a big fucking clumsy suit? Like that's the thing that always worries me about these movies is... Like people are supposed to be doing like intricate, like scientific experiments with these big fucking clumsy gloved ass suits with the gloves built in. Or like you have to stick your hand through the glass with the rubber gloves attached to the glass. The older the movie, the better too, because at least some of the suits now you can believe that like a scientist could use them. Yeah. You know, but you look at shit from like the 50s and the 60s and you're like, you were sciencing in that? like like some of it yeah like you said is like atomic science you were you were atomic sciencing in that okay oh in all those movies there's always the one guy with the tear in his suit that's like a a good trope in a contagion movie oh no you know that shit is going down yeah (laughs) all right dude uh, well, let's wrap this thing up so you can start feeling better and watch some 12 Monkeys. Uh, yeah, no joke. <laughs> I'm looking at the Arrow Blu-ray because now I need to buy it because that movie's just so fucking good. So fucking good, man. I agree. I am a big Terry Gilliam fan and a Bruce Willis fan and uh, early Brad Pitt fan. So that that's a good pick. I don't know. Let's skip the list. Let's skip the countdown. We'll just go say uh, 12 Monkeys is number one. <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> uh, you should also watch Outbreak because you've never seen it. And if you want to see Dustin Hoffman and a monkey, dude, can't beat a little Outbreak. Oh, I don't feel good today. You know what would make me feel better? Dustin Hoffman and a monkey. Yeah. Not one or the other, but together. Boo. Perfect. But it has 12 times less monkeys per capita than 12 <laughs> monkeys. You could make it a monkey day, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm home with the simian flu. <laughs> <laughs> Just watching movies that have monkey. You're going to watch Monkey Bone. You're going to watch Outbreak. You're going to watch 12 Monkeys. You're going to watch Monkey Business. This is great. I love this plan. All right. Let's blast this thing off, Ruby. <laughs> All right, man. Ready? Three, two, one. All right, guys. Keep up with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Launchpad Pod and our website, launchpadpod.com. Next week, when Matt is out of the quarantine, we have an amazing interview. It's the first interview of the year, and it is a big deal. Because he is the creator of one of our favorite TV miniseries. It is Kenneth Johnson talking about creating V. But he didn't just do V. He did like Incredible Hulk. He did Bionic Woman, Six Million Dollar Man. He did Steel with Shaq, which I'm excited to talk about. He's done tons of stuff and he tells some great stories. So it's an amazing interview. We're really happy with it. That'll be next week on the Launchpad Podcast. Till next time, we're the Rocketeers and we are out.
Ignition sequence start. Six, five, four, three, two, one. 